There's some blood in some areas of the streets, and it's pretty painful out there for many, and if not for many, for maybe some parts of your portfolio. Maybe not, who knows? We're various different people employing various different strategies. While there is some blood in the streets, we also think there's some areas that are gonna get a little more bloody. And our biggest area, energy, obviously was the best performing sector of the week and best performing sector year to date and is the best performing sector historically out of 16 when interest rates are rising. So we like that sector. And we've talked a whole lot about energy, but now we're gonna start pivoting into a little bit more of the blood because where are we gonna put our next dollar? We're eventually gonna start having to realize some of these energy gains and I've started doing that. I have a lot of energy options, mostly you know, starting in March and then in June and then 2023, but I had some that were ending in January and I took my Januaries for the most part uh, if they were in the money, off the table. Uh, realized and locked in a lot of gains on that. And uh, now I've got a little bit of a cash position, nothing crazy, but from previously a 0% cash position, I'm now up to about uh, 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 4%, 5% cash position. That's something, you know, you gotta eventually put that kind of thing to work. So where are we looking? Where are we looking? Well. People talk about growth. They use this growth name and they like to include companies like Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Fang, etc. Over here, we don't really like that comparison. Yes, they're growing their earnings, but so is ExxonMobil. Why is ExxonMobil not a growth company? When we think about a growth company, we think about a company that has the potential to 10x from here. So let's give it 10 years they should uh, grow at 100% per year, hypothetically, in terms of revenue. Obviously, that's a big ask, and that's a, a long time frame, but not crazy or anything. But, you know, for a little hyperbole, we're expecting uh, pretty massive growth. Things that Facebook, for example, can't really achieve. Not 20%, all right? Bigger than 20%. And off a low basis, et cetera, and uh, offering massive return potential. Or, you know, zero, 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 500% kind of situation. So the real growth companies we like. These companies are have done basically for the most part nothing except go down from uh, January of last year, so a year. It's a massive drawdown. And yes, interest rates will impact them. Uh, yes, and or already have. You know, I honestly think they already have. I already think that people have anticipated rates rising and a lot of people didn't act on that except for sell these high growth stocks that were quite frankly and at one point very expensive and we did over here sell those stocks back in january and february and for a couple of weeks it was painful because we were missing out on some gains but obviously in hindsight 2020 you know what it is anyways people are talking about this massive and quick move in the tenure but let's put things in perspective for a second the tenure has gone from 1.35% to 1.75, 1.8%. We have gone from the lower, the upper side of the lower range of 1% to the middle lower upper range of 1%. We have not left the 1% 10-year yield zone, okay? 
let's put bond yields in perspective. They are incredibly low. They're going to be incredibly low 2%. We're seeing inflation. We're seeing it impact wages, which means there's likely more to come. So let's say interest rates 10-year gets in the 2%. Is it really going to be that crazy? No. It's still going to be very low. It's still going to be below the rate of inflation. 3%? Still probably the same deal. So we can have a quite significant move in yields, and in my opinion, it not really, really, really matter. Okay? It not really matter. These companies, these 10x growth companies, what is their growth rate? Is it 3%? 1.35%? Is it 15%? No. Annualized over a long enough time window for allowing them to develop, it is well more than 15%, which is basically incomparable to the entire bond market, even high yield debt, which is the growth stock version of bonds, okay? I'd say the failure rate is pretty similar, uh, maybe slightly higher for stocks, but you know, there's a whole lot of junk bonds and they don't, they don't always end up paying, particularly foreign ones. So I think uh, there's some blood in the streets and maybe it's time to go shopping. There's some great companies, great, great, great companies in this category that I personally love, like CRISPR Therapeutics, Editas Medicine, Smile Direct Club, Virgin Galactic. Um, I've, got, I've got plenty. I've got plenty. And uh, I like these companies. Uh, 23 and Me, that's a, that's, that's, that, in my opinion, is a layup, as are the CRISPR companies. Um, but 23 and Me is a little bit more of a layup because it has money coming in and should probably hit profitability sooner. Um, there's a lot of these companies uh, and their, their fundamentals are forgotten. So these companies have fundamentals. So take your fundamental frame of mind, your fundamental analysis, okay? Stuff that makes you feel certain, have a high degree of certainty despite the volatility. Take that and apply it to the stuff that has experienced blood for a year and is currently having a whole lot of blood. And I think there's opportunities. You get that, you get that bucket, as we have talked about, and we're talking about the strategy, this might not be a lot of news to you, but you know, it's becoming, it's surfacing more as the decline continues. And we put things in perspective. You have that bucket, and you have the energy value mining company bucket. You got these two buckets, you got a really interesting portfolio that you should feel good about. You got the real rails of the economy that are cheap and underpriced, but inflation's occurring. And you got the future tech, which hasn't really even pri priced its products yet. So it can just simply adjust for inflation. So throw, throw the inflation thing out the window. The only thing that matters is the bond yields. And they're so low that as long as that company is growing at a rate significantly higher than the bond yield, I'm putting that whole thing aside. I'm putting that whole thing aside, the whole bond thing aside. That is relevant for mega cap tech. Why is it relevant for mega cap tech? Well, let's think about this. 
Bonds have been low, so they haven't been attractive to people actually seeing a return, particularly with inflation and them being so low relative to inflation. There's a whole lot of money that needs to go to a flight to safety. Just to put things in perspective again, the bond market is massive compared to the stock market. It is bigger than the stock market, even though all we do here is talk about the stock market. But what has been comparable to bonds in terms of that flight to safety quality? Mega cap tech. Apple with $200 billion of cash on the balance sheet, very predictable earnings, very solid company with a dividend. And Microsoft and Amazon, etc. As bond yields normalize, they will become and take away that flight to safety. They will be competing in the flight to safety market. So I think the whole bond yield thing is very relevant for mega cap, but is not so relevant for massive, massive growth that you've taken a fundamental story and applied it to. That's today's video. Until next time, peace out.